Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the big, beautiful Town Bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, and now it's getting pretty hot, but we also have a location in Bonita Springs, so I doubt that you'll just stop in there, Um, but it's really wonderful, and it's been a great resource for our clients who are snowbirds and who are there where we can meet with them all through the year. My guest today is Diane Gastro, and Diane is the Director of Insurance Planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group, and this has been an absolutely wonderful addition to our team because just about everybody has had insurance at one time or another. Today we thought that we would talk about just some of the a few different policies. First of all, interpreting um, your insurance policy statement because so often people bring them in and say, oh, it looks like Greek to me and I've had it for so long and I really don't know who the beneficiaries are. And so we gather all that information and give it to Diane and she goes through through it and comes back and literally will sit down with that client and explain exactly what the insurance is and the benefits of what they have. Also today, I'd like to talk about um, final expense planning and long-term care planning and how that actually works as well. So Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. I'm happy to be here. You know, uh, you've been with us now two years? Just over two years, almost two two and a half. However, um, you worked with us for many, many, many years before that in helping us to really meet the needs of our clients, their insurance needs. And insurance is such an important thing and it's different at each time of our lives. And I even think about, I've purchased insurance, life insurance on all seven of my grandchildren because the world is changing. When I was young, we got married right away and now kids are getting married later with many more medical types of issues. And so being able to sit down with you and come across uh, a client that has a special um, need or special issues or special needs children and being able to sit down with you and really look at all of the solutions has been such a a rewarding thing to offer our clients. And Karen, I would say that insurance it can be a great tool, but you have to make certain you're right you're matching the right tool with the right need. And that's why you brought up so many different types of insurance that we work with. And what I really enjoy about my role at Ellen Becker is that we have not siloed insurance as a product that you buy. We really integrate it into the comprehensive planning and really use it as a tool and educate our clients on what it means to them for their plan today. Maybe they had different insurance in the past and have future needs that will require different insurance, but we can really help their insurance evolve as their planning evolves. When you sit down with a client, maybe we'll just really start with interpreting what they currently have. Um, Can you give some examples that my listeners, our listeners can hear that might just turn on a little 
light bulb. Oh, you know, I had that and and why I bought it. Well, I will say, first of all, a lot of people buy insurance with a very specific need in mind at the time. And then they put it in a drawer and they pay the bill every year and a statement comes to them that says you owe X amount for your insurance. But they don't understand some of the fine print that is so important in that statement. Most statements are going to tell you not only your policy number and what your premium is, but there's going to be some lines in there that say, based upon current assumptions in your contract, your policy will remain in force until. And a lot of times that until is really prior to their life expectancy. So their policy is actually in danger of lapsing before they do. (laughs) And if they have a loan against the policy, you know, a lot of people buy insurance with the idea that I can use this almost like a piggy bank. But if you don't pay back that loan, the interest becomes very onerous and drags down the performance of the policy. So what we try to do is get current statement information. We generally will reach out to the current insurance holder and confirm who the beneficiaries are. I know you and I had a client we worked with a while back that her ex-husband was the beneficiary. (laughs) Absolutely not what she wanted today. And many of our listeners probably saw an article in the journal Sentinel a couple weeks ago of a woman who was in her late 90s. And she'd been told by her insurance company that her policy was about to lapse. And although they agreed that it was probably not illegal, but they sort of had the impression that it was a gotcha. And it really wasn't. It was just nobody provided such a valuable service of reviewing it with them so they understood what was working and what was not. Diane, one of the things that often um, sparks a client's interest, and when we sit down with a client, we always get all of the insurance information that they have as part of their estate. So, Because we're always trying to understand what happens when you get sick, what happens if you die, what happens if you get disabled. And so in, in gathering that information, we have that to look at. But so often, someone will come in and say, I completely forgot about this, but I just got a notice that my term insurance is running out, and if I want to keep it, my payments are triple or quadruple. What do I do, and should I should I just cancel it, or what are my options? And it's just exactly what you said. They may be in their 70s or 60s, and they may have bought it because they wanted to protect their house, their mortgage payments. But we're finding now that so many people need insurance to protect them in the event of health care costs. And Karen, a lot of times, as you reach different stages of your life planning, you have different insurance needs. When your children are young and you're trying to protect your income, some disability insurance can be important. This is actually Disability Insurance Awareness Month. Then you also need term life insurance because it's going to give you a lot of protection for premium dollars. And in those early income year earning years, you have limited cash flow, so we want to get the protection you need. As you get older, maybe you want something that has some cash accumulation or something that's going to provide protection well into your retirement years. But as we get close to retirement, we want to say what is going to be our resource if we have a need for long-term care. Approximately 70% of the population in the United States reaching age 65 will need some long-term care services. So as part of our planning, we always look at, okay, how would you cover that? A lot of people buy traditional long-term care insurance, or more often we're having clients buying life insurance policies that you can spend the death benefit while you're alive to pay for the cost of long-term care. 
You know, one of the ways that we often see, um, have an idea that we should really look at long-term care or look at some insurance is what we're seeing with our clients now as they're aging into retirement is that so many of those clients had one of the spouses that were really the main main providers in that family. The other spouse typically maybe had a part-time job or worked a smaller job, and often it was because they were at home raising children or taking care of aging parents. And most people don't realize that the when when they're looking at long-term care or they're looking at care for someone that there's a community spouse and there is a spouse that needs care and the community spouse gets to keep a hundred little over a hundred thousand dollars they get to keep a car they get to keep a house and they get to keep their own IRA and if the person that's sick is the person that had the largest IRA that could be depleted. The more you take, the more you pay taxes. So all of a sudden you're looking at $10,000 a month or whatever it might be for a long-term care, that could be depleted and the other spouse, who's now the community spouse, may not have enough money left. And so you and I have on many occasions looked at how do we protect the IRA? And then you look at the sources and say, well, maybe it is long-term care. Maybe it is a life insurance policy that would come in into play after that spouse died. But that is a scary thing. It really can be, Karen. And that's why it's so important to have the discussions with our clients when they are insurable, when they're healthy, when they're of sound mind, and encourage communication with their advisor, with their spouse, with their family members. Because the worst thing that can happen is if somebody doesn't make arrangements and then there are no resources or, or the time. Well, yeah, no time or, or time. the well spouse makes themselves sick trying yes. to care for the spouse who needs care. Yes. And that's why you hear so much you hear often where you'll hear of someone who's been married for a really long time and they end up getting divorced because it's the only way of splitting that IRA and saving the IRA for each other. And that Who wants to go through that? Yeah, that's a very, very sad circumstance, but that's why we're here, is to help them understand options at different times. And one of the greatest things we can do by looking at the policy statement is if we find out they have a large life insurance policy or they have a lot of cash value in their life insurance policy, we can look at that cash value as an asset and how can we reallocate that asset into moving into the next phase of their lifetime to more effectively meet their needs during the next stage. One of the things, Diane, also that I've noticed is that so many people, when they start a job and the human resource department gives them all of their options, their little packet, and they sign up for things and they have no idea of what they've signed up for. And many times they don't really think about what happens if I get disabled or if I get sick or hurt on the job and what the impact on the family is going to be. And they don't think about disability insurance in terms of where it's private, you pay your own, and then when you receive it, you don't have taxes on it, or you receive it through your business, and now you're taxed, and that changes the entire scope of the amount of cash flow that comes into a family. And that's something that you're fantastic at doing, is really answering those questions. You know, what happens if you die? What happens if you get disabled? And what happens if you just get sick? 
I would say, again, I just read some statistics this morning on disability insurance and disability planning. One out of four 20-year-olds will be disabled before the time they're age 65. And the most significant need for missed work is falling and hurting themselves. So it may not even have anything to do with their job or their work. I get people that say, I'm an accountant. I don't need disability insurance. Do you ride your bike on the weekend? You could get hurt. (laughs) Do you ski? There's so many things that can happen that can cause the need for care. And it's so important to, to know if it's your own occupation or what the limitations are and the expectations and if it's going to be taxed when it's received or not taxed. And those are things that most people really really don't have a handle on because it's not talked about very much. We're going to take a quick break. My guest today is Diane Gastro, and she is the Director of Insurance Planning for Ellen Becker Investment Group. And when we come back, we have a lot more to talk about, including final expense planning, funeral planning, funeral trusts, um, Title 19. Oh, there's just lots of good stuff. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. My guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the Director of Insurance Planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And if this is something that you aren't going to be able to finish because you're driving in the car, you can always go to ellenbecker.com, go to radio shows, and Diane's show will be on there. And you can listen to it or you can share it. Diane, we talked about interpreting an insurance policy statement. And a little bit earlier, you talked about cash value. And I know that um, I have actually a friend whose husband would always tell her that she was better. He she was going to be better off not to worry. Um, she was better off with him dead than alive, insinuating that he had a lot of life insurance. The only problem was he borrowed against all of it, and when he passed away, she wasn't better off with him dead than alive because his income and his stream of income was much more stable than being left with bills and no real cash at all. And Karen, you know, we touched on briefly before that maybe a policy is being underfunded, but there's a lot more information to be aware of from a statement also. You talked about term life insurance. Term life insurance is low cost because the insurance company knows the coverage is temporary. So if your policy is a 15-year term, it's good to know that the rates are going to be changing a year from now. You should be able to find some of that on your policy statement. And did I read something once, Diane, that said that most term policies are never cashed in? Absolutely. (laughs) That's why, I mean, you can get a million-dollar policy for $500 a year. The insurance company does not think you're going to pass away. Yes. They don't think they'll pay a benefit. But if something unfortunate happens, you know, thank heavens you had the protection. And so what we like to do is we like to gather statements of all your existing life insurance plans, as well as information about employee benefits that your employer offers to you. Then we can sort of paint a picture and see if there's any risk management holes or if we need to do some education and investigating on policies. A lot of times we will order what's called an in-force illustration. And again, I don't care who the policy is written with. We can get information on any policies that you have in force. So it doesn't really matter who sold it to you or who your current... Not at all. And we're not trying to just replace a bunch of insurance. We're trying to make certain, again, that you have a product that's working for you at this stage in your life on an affordable basis. And going forward. Absolutely. So we can order in-force illustrations, which are really like a point-in-time snapshot of here's where you are today today. 
this is what it looks like moving forward. If it's not where you want to be or the future doesn't look so rosy, let's find that out now versus finding out, you know, when it's too late to fix anything. A lot of clients I work with say, you know, I, I don't understand it. I don't, the guy sold it to me. I don't know why I have it. Well, let's unwind that. Let's get information. Let's talk about what does it mean to you for your planning so we can incorporate it into the planning. And again, it all boils down also to cash flow. We've had so many people paying for insurance that they really didn't need, and their cash flow just wasn't there, and it was difficult, and it was worrisome. And then we've had other clients who haven't had nearly what they needed to cover the different types of situations that they were faced with. So every person is different. They are, and... You know, most of us are not going to experience that early death or the unexpected disability, but I would hate to have somebody that I cared about be in a situation where they were trying to deal with that. And I think that's sort of a good way to talk about some of, you know, what do we do for people? Again, we educate them on options. If they're no longer insurable and they have term life insurance, and when I say no longer insurable, that means maybe their health has changed and an insurance company will evaluate them and they're not willing to take them on as a new client, a lot of term insurance has what's called a conversion feature, meaning that the insurance company is contractually obligated to offer you permanent life insurance based upon your health when you bought the first policy. So there might be a way to salvage some protection to meet your future needs. And how long does something like that take and how does somebody actually get started with that? As far as a, uh, a conversion or the review? Going through the whole review. It really depends, depending on how complex their situation is. I've worked with people, Karen, that have 10, 12, 14 different policies. Sometimes they're with different companies. There's different types of policies. Some came with businesses. Yeah, or parents used bought sales, it. Or parents bought them. Yeah, there's so many things. So first of all, we gather the information. Then as we work, you know, we outline it. I put together a nice summary and I identify lapses in information so we can have the clients work with us to get the information. Karen, I can't call an insurance company for a policy on your life because I'm not a party to that contract. Mm -hmm. But you can sign some paperwork that allows me to get the information, or we can make a phone call together. Which is totally confidential. Absolutely. So once we gather the information, which can, depending again on how complex it is, it could take a week, it could take two months, we put it together, we analyze it, then we go through a discovery process with our clients saying, you know, what is this insurance for? What's it? What's important about it to you? Sometimes it's my mom bought it for me when I was a baby and I just want to keep it because it reminds me of mom. And that's okay. Yeah. We just want to know what it's there for. And I know um, you and I are just going through a process with someone who is selling some businesses and trying to look at all the different policies that were used as buy-sells. Um, sometimes a client needs to buy insurance to go along with a buy-sell for a business they've started. And sometimes it, they just get lost in a drawer. <laughs> and they've got a secretary or someone who is making those payments or a, or a chief financial officer that just makes the payments on everything, but nobody really does uh, in-depth um, look at them later. And so that's also very important. And I am certainly not a tax specialist, but especially on those business planning needs, you have to keep track of who's the owner, who's making the premium payments, who's the beneficiary. 
so you don't have unexpected tax consequences at some point. The other thing that I would mention, too, is it really makes sense to look at these because we have done so many um, irrevocable insurance trusts in the last few years. Getting those insurance policies out of your estate so they aren't part of the state, the main estate. So, but you have to give those policies, you give them away and you have to have given them away for seven years. Yeah, there is a look back because the government does not want you giving away assets to try to shelter yourself and qualify for Medicaid planning. And you can put those policies in that irrevocable insurance trust, which is a wonderful vehicle and a wonderful tool for many people. And they, I met with someone the other day and they said, nobody ever talked to me about that. And uh, that's the important piece is really looking at everything. And that's a common theme in the conversations I have with our clients. They just didn't know. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what they had and that it maybe wasn't titled properly or the beneficiary wasn't correct. Or they didn't know that there were policies that could help them meet their concerns today. Diane, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about um, long-term care and some of the ways that people can think about it. And I can tell you what I've done because I actually don't own any long-term care. And um, also then I'd like to talk about funeral trusts because they, they kind of go hand in hand. Okay. With that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. My guest today is Diane Gastro, who is the Director of Insurance Planning with the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And we have been talking about insurance. And what Diane does for us is she really helps us sit down and review every aspect of insurability for our clients when it comes to risk management and life insurance. And I myself sat down so many years ago with her, and each time I've had a grandchildren, which I have seven, I have bought life insurance on my grandchildren. And the reason I did that was, number one, it was inexpensive because they were just born. Number two, they had perfect health and they were considered, what is that called? Insurable. Insurable, of course, but it was preferred. And um, I think I bought them each a $250,000 policy that they could add more insurance on any major event in their life and they would always be considered preferred. And I kind of looked at the world and the world is telling me right now that kids are getting married a lot later than I did. I was married at 20 and uh, these kids are getting married in their 30s and I just thought, well, if they get married that late and if they have some health issue and they have children, they wouldn't have any insurance. And so that was a choice that I made. But I learned that talking with you, having lunch one day, and you were telling me you were working on something like that. And I went, I want that. <laughs> and so often, Diane, that's part of what we do is we come up with ideas that might be something you're interested in or might not be. But at least we are constantly looking at ways that we can meet the objectives of our clients. And so often, grandparents want to take care of their children they want to pass their estate to their children. But it's like, what about my grandchildren? And this is a nice way of adding a little bit of something from Nana that you have this life insurance policy. And maybe out of seven kids, only one of them will have a health issue. But thank goodness, you know, that one is going to be safe. And Karen, there are so many issues that affect insurability that people would never consider. If you have a young adult with a bad driving history, that could preclude them from getting life insurance. 
Or what if, you know, they're in their early, late teens, early 20s, and they experiment with drugs or alcohol, and they get caught, and it's on their records. Again, that could preclude them, and it follows them for the rest of their lives, even if they've cleaned up their act, and now they've been clean and sober, or whatever it might be. The other thing I run into so much nowadays is children with stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. That can prohibit Diabetes. them. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of other physical needs that children are having that we didn't have. You know, when we were growing up, I had never, I'm trying to think of what um, a lot of kids nowadays are experiencing autism, yes. different degrees of the autism perspective. I never heard of that until 20 years ago. Yes. But you don't know when they're born if that's going to be something that could affect your family. So it is nice to have some protection locked in, guaranteed for the future. And you know, Diane, the insurance companies with the technology, they are starting to research your parents and your history, your family history. And isn't that having an effect? At this point in time, most of our carriers are asking how, what kind of family health history on your parents and your siblings? Mm-hmm. So if my grandmother had cancer or my grandfather had dementia, that's not affecting me at this point. But they are gathering more and more information on that that over time could impact, especially with all of these 23andMe's and yes. you know, the different um, DNA testing programs. So it's really important. Diane, I had mentioned before we took the break that we were going to talk a little bit about the long-term care, and I I think long-term care is so very important. Um, I'm single, and I don't have any in my history of dementia or any of those types of things. <coughs> There's always a first one. And so I sat down and worked with you and thought, well, do I really need to have long-term care or what should I do so I don't have to protect a spouse, but yet I want to protect my children. I absolutely want to protect my children. And so I looked at, instead of having long-term care, I have a substantial life insurance policy that I know that when I die will be passed to my children. So regardless of what happens, I know there's X amount of dollars that is going to go down, and I do have it in an irrevocable insurance trust. And I also... Um, look at many, many parents that they also could get policies that are second to die policies, which are even more affordable. So can you help people think about in broad terms, this whole idea of long term care, because you and I have had so many discussions about health care being the number one erosion of people's portfolios and something that we absolutely can control. Karen, in today's dollars, if someone needs care services, and I'm talking very broad, whether it be home health care services, nursing home, assisted living, adult day care, memory care, in southeastern Wisconsin, on average, most people I talk with are spending someplace between $3,000 and $12,000 a month to pay for the cost of that care. On average, Men that need care, it's about 2.2 years worth of care. Women is about 3.7 years worth of care. So fast forward 20 years, we're talking five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars of potential cost. And how can we pay for it? Like you mentioned, you're in a circumstance that if you have long-term care needs, you could spend down your portfolio. You have assets that you've allocated that these are what I would use to pay for the cost of my care. But you also don't want to disinherit your loved ones. So you've bought a life insurance policy 
that even if you spend every dime you have at your death, this is going to pay out to your irrevocable life insurance trust and then be paid out per the terms of that trust. So that's a great planning technique. For me. For you. And my situation. Absolutely. For my situation, my husband and I have two adult children. And we're concerned, first of all, that there's resources to pay for care, but we don't want to leave a surviving spouse in a difficult situation. So what we've done is we've bought a very modest, traditional long-term care policy. We can use it for either one of us if there's a need for care. The first person that passes away will leave a death benefit for the surviving spouse. Again, just to put that cushion on the, on the retirement plan. It's not going to pay for all of it. No. But it's going to limit some of the erosion of your financial portfolio. That's it exactly. When the second of us passes away, even if that second spouse has spent on the entire estate, there's a death benefit that'll go out to our children because it's important to us to leave something for them or potential grandchildren. When you look at situations, and as you know, I'm dealing right now with a very dear friend whose both parents are in, um, one has Alzheimer's and one has dementia in addition to some other health care needs. Wow, that's a, that, that is a tough one because that's two of them needing that $12,000 a month care. It can be devastating. And, you know, in many circumstances, it gets to the point where the assets are gone. And then you have to apply for Medicaid. And Medicaid is basically a welfare program for the elderly to help cover their health care expenses. But you have to qualify for those government benefits. And a couple things I'll mention that people may not be aware of. First, I'm not a Medicaid specialist, but I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> if you qualify for Medicaid at your death, the state can come back to your estate and recoup costs they spent for your care. So yes, a well spouse can maintain a house and a car, but if there are Medicaid, let's call them debts, upon the second person's death, the state can say to the heirs, you need to sell mom's house and repay the cost to Medicaid. So one of the things we've been having some great conversations with our clients about is final expense in a funeral trust. And that is an insurance plan where you put a specific amount of premium into the policy as a single premium, and it can be up to $15,000. In Wisconsin. In and Wisconsin is one of the few states that has that high a cap. Yes. And it's available up to age 99, so it's not a matter of being too old to get it. And the other component that is really nice is there's a guaranteed issue. So your friends that have dementia or the Alzheimer's, they may not qualify for traditional underwriting with life insurance, but with these funeral, burial, final expense plans, it's a guaranteed issue. So it's a very simple process, and it's very quick. There's some paperwork that needs to be filled out, and again, these policies can be funded with up to $15,000. The paperwork goes in with that check, and upon receipt and review, the policy is issued and immediately placed into an irrevocable funeral trust. So this asset then, again, in Wisconsin, is not includable for the qualification for Medicaid benefits. Diane, the other thing that I read over the weekend was that you can also, out of that estate, buy these um, insurance trusts for your children. So if you have four 
children, you could also put there, you could put 15000 into an insurance trust. So that's 30, that's 60, plus 90000 or more that you could get out of the estate if you were wanting to do that. Uh, but there is a seven-year look back on, they considered a gift into that insurance policy for uh, that funeral policy for your um, children. But you can fund money out of your estate to also buy burial policies for your children. And what's nice about these plans is, you know, besides, it's the thinking in advance about an important event. We plan for our weddings. We plan for vacations. We plan for college funding. It's not really fun to think about my burial, my funeral, But I also don't want to leave my kids when they're devastated by my loss, which I'm sure they will be. I don't want them to have to think about, okay, how do we pay for this? Or what would mom want? So again, it's about the communication. But when you buy this policy, you do not have to sign up with a specific funeral home. Right. Which is so nice because, I mean, there's been circumstances where people bought funeral policies from a specific funeral home and the home goes out of business and the money's gone. So this sets aside the funds, and I can plan my funeral to the degree I want. I know somebody that already knows what flowers she wants, what music she wants, where she wants to be buried, the food she wants served at the celebration. I haven't thought that far, but I do want to be able to set aside funds to cover the cost so that my kids don't have to scramble looking for money to pay for it. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between life insurance and a funeral trust? Because there's a specific difference that most people don't understand because they'll say to me, well, I do have life insurance, but funeral trust insurance works different than life insurance. There are certainly similarities. And I would say, Karen, for clients that have a fair net worth, that they are not concerned about outliving their assets, Traditional life insurance can be a great asset to have for your final expenses and to pay for your burial. The problem is that those policies do not necessarily pay out as quickly. And so if I go to- You have to have a death certificate. You have to have all that gets sent in. So that money could come 30, 60, 90 days after your death. That's it. And And the the funeral. Yeah. And the funeral homes generally want to be paid very quickly. Almost immediately. (laughs) So it's, you know, do we have cash in the bank for that? Do my kids put it on their credit cards? Do, does somebody go in debt? Do we do one of those GoFundMes that you hear about? If we can take care of those things and plan in advance, we're not going to be you know, putting people in a bad, bad situation. So that funeral policy pays out generally in 24 to 48 hours, and it pays out directly to the funeral home. So the policies can be used to pay for the casket, for the flowers, for the you know, hair and makeup, for the transportation something people aren't necessarily aware of, those policies can actually help pay for transportation. If you have loved ones out of state that need to fly in, you can use some of those proceeds to pay for those expenses. And if you don't use up the policy, it goes directly back to the beneficiaries. And most of the time that has been listed as the estate. And if you have extra money going back into the estate, in theory, it could be attachable again by the uh, Medicaid people to recoup their costs. So we want to look at that very closely and make certain, are there sufficient resources? Are we trying to avoid the Medicaid spend down? If so, we may want to have that go to the beneficiaries directly versus to the estate. 
And how do these policies actually work? Do they, I know that they have a cost of living attached to them. So if you're buying a policy and people will say, well, I don't plan on dying for a while. What if I die in 20 years? What will the cost be and what will the policy be valued at? And Karen, they grow very, very slowly. They're not what I would call an investment. They are getting money outside. It's an investment your, of peace of mind. Yes. If they get the money out of your estate, they are not involved in market performance so that you're not at no risk of a loss. But they will grow slowly over time. So if you are fortunate and you live another 20, 30 years, they will grow to keep up with the cost of the funerals. My guest today is Diane Grastro. She is the Director of Insurance Planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you have to tune out, if you're already where you got to go and you're listening on the radio, please go to ellenbecker.com, go to radio shows, and you will hear my guest um, show today. And my guest is Diane Gastro, and she is the director of insurance planning for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And if you would like to talk to her, you can always give a call at 262 691 3200. However, she works directly with all the different advisors in our company as we're working with our clients to really help individuals um, understand what insurance they currently have. Is it working for them? Is it cost effective? Or is there something that might be better? Or um, maybe they don't need insurance at all. But that's certainly a decision that has to be made when you've looked at all the facts. It's not something we've had so many people come into our office and say, well, I used to have insurance, but I didn't think I needed it anymore. And had they kept that insurance, it would have made a whole lot more sense than trying to get insurance again. And so often people are uninsurable, which is really a tough place for us to be in because we know the need and our hands are tied and we can't provide the need. So that's always a tough one. But, you know, Diane, there's also some very tough ones too. And so often it's talking to parents that have special needs children. Um, many of our clients, clients who are partners um, and they want to protect each other. Their estates might be different. We also have second marriages where there's children. And you and I have been working on putting together a packet for our clients with funeral needs so that they can actually look at all the different issues that you talked about later. So we're always looking how to be comprehensive with our clients. But it can be a really tough discussion um, around those these special needs and people who are partners later in life and second marriages, how can people approach that? And what are some of the things, the tips that you could give people when they are in that situation? Karen, you know, first of all, I'd like to say there was a billboard that we had for a while that says, before we advise, we listen. And that's the key to all of this. There are so many circumstances that you don't know the right solution until you really talk to your client and get to know them. And that's something we do at EIG is we spend a lot of time getting to know them, their needs, their concerns. I've met with many families that have a child with special needs. And they have talked to an attorney. And often that has been through direction from our advisors at EIG. They've set up a special needs trust. But nobody has in the past gone to them and said, well, how would you fund that trust if you passed away tomorrow versus 25 or 30 years from now? 
life insurance can be a great tool to fund that trust. Because even if you put $100 away a month or $1,000 away a month, if something happens to you a year from now, there's not a lot of money in that trust. Well, and if they don't have it in trust and they get into a terrible car accident or something happens, their estate could be depleted. Absolutely. And then there's nothing to fund it at death. And, you know, the other thing that's really important to keep in mind is we talk about a lot of very sensitive issues. Some of them are family relationships. Some of them are health situations. Some of them are past family situations. Everything's confidential, and we are absolutely not judging anyone on anything. It's really let's educate and learn and figure out the best step moving forward. One I run into very frequently is second marriages. Dad has a fair amount of money. He's remarried, and the children don't necessarily like his new wife. And he's very concerned that he wants to take care of her, but he doesn't want to disinherit the kids. I've seen it the other way, where the wife is the one that comes in with the money, and the kids are worried that you know this new man, this guy she met on the cruise, <laughs> is going to take all her money and bleed her dry. Kids are trying to protect their parents, and you know that's that's great that they are, but sometimes there really is love, mm-hmm. and we want to make certain we've committed to one another. How can we make certain that person is taken care of? By coordinating the life insurance and the trust work and things with the attorney, some great plans can be put together to keep everyone at peace and comfortable, prevent that family feuding, because we see that so often where One child feels they didn't get what they deserved or the new wife feels she didn't get what she deserved. Communication and planning really is what makes the difference in keeping everybody comfortable. Like you always say, that sleep at night. We're not worrying about it anymore. You know, Diane, one of the things that I've been thinking about as I've been working with clients is that perhaps I've given my clients an artificial sense of security. Because I I work, and all of us at EIG work so hard at putting together an estate plan that is absolutely drafted to the needs, the wants, the desires, the values of our clients. And we sit in on those meetings, and we review them constantly with our clients. And then we put together a financial plan, an investment strategy that is stellar and I look at those two plans together and it just makes me heart happy but because I've had so many clients pass away in recent years as they age into retirement and as they age into their own life expectancy what I'm finding is that what really makes those two plans work is the communication with the family if you pass all these resources and you pass things to the kids and it's a blind side and they don't know what your goals were, what your intentions were, why you have this money, what you want them to spend the money on, um, the conversation you just had, one thinks they got less or more, or I'm sure you lent, Dad, I know lent you money. Did you ever pay that back? Or um, I just had one recently where I said, well, Mom and Dad helped you with all the college stuff, but my kids didn't go to college, so I should get more because I didn't get any college funding for my kids. Or I didn't have any kids. <laughs> and look at all that. And so having these conversations it what is what makes that beautiful estate plan and that financial plan work. It's the communication. And so often I'm sitting and talking with somebody and – 
will ask, particularly with domestic partners, like, do you have powers of attorney for health care for each other? What would happen if one of you died? Or what would happen in this situation? And so often people don't think about it. And that's another thing that we want to do as we look at insurance as a way of protection is to have these conversations. And again, I'm getting that. Stop talking. The show has got to end. But Diane, thank you so much for being a guest today. You are such an absolute and integral part of EIG and such an asset to us and to our clients. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And again, go to the webpage if you'd like to rehear this and did get to hear the whole thing at ellenbecker.com and to radio shows and you will find Diane there and as always I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being remember before we plan before we advise we and before we invest we always always listen have a great weekend bye-bye